Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. Well, I am your running host. We have a treat for you today. Have you ever made a promise to a loved one who later passed away and then you you felt that need to to do what they asked you to do? Well, this week's story uh, is about a lady who did just that, and it's a great, great story. Um, And then have you ever thought about the Red Sea crossing and kind of, I'm going to pose a question today that may be a little different than you've ever thought about that before. And joining me for this special episode is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. So how's the 100-mile training going? It's it's going well right now. Yeah? Yeah, so far. Um, a little sore. I've been running more miles. I've been running more miles consistently than yeah. I normally do. I've run more miles in a month than I'm going to run this month, but I haven't done it the way I've done it this month. So, so. that that is in, what month is that in? It's in May. May. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, what were you? What were your? What were your highest weekly mileage get up to? Are you thinking? Uh, I don't you, know. Will you hit a hundred? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, right now, I'm hitting. I'm in the seventies right yeah. now. Okay. And so, I'm gonna. Say, I'm trying to get to the point where seventies feels comfortable. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I want to bump it into the eighties. And if that gets, you know, just I just I want I want it to feel comfortable because I feel like if I'm running an ultra marathon, you sure. need to get to the point where it just feels comfortable to run. Sure. And so that's kind of my goal. No hard stuff, no fast stuff. I haven't been doing anything like that. So, right. yeah. Hmm. It's all cool. Yeah, it's just fun. Man, we've had some cold days here lately. We had a we were at Lowe's. <clears throat> yes, a couple of days a couple of days ago, we were at Lowe's and they had, had they had flooded the entire store. They oh, wow, a, really a, in Dalton? A, yes. They had a pipe break and it literally got all the way to the front of the store. The pipe broke in the back of the store. Yeah, those aren't little pipes they have going in there. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a, man, the poor people there. Uh, you were trying to ask for, for directions for something, and you could tell they're like, "I'm going to take the time to answer your question," but you know, I, I felt so bad for them because I almost didn't want to bother them, but at the same time, I needed what I needed. But uh, yeah, it was a. So there's just water everywhere. Water, well, by the time we got there, a lot of it was cleaned up. There were still some wet spots, but for the most part, it was cleaned up. But yeah. you could tell they had p- tried to get stuff up off the floor. They had stacked stuff in carts, and it was just it was just a mess. Wow. So uh, yeah, and that wasn't the only place. You know, our it church must have happened overnight when they weren't there because I mean, yes, even it if did. it was a big pipe, you could get it shut. It, off. it did happen yeah. overnight. Yeah, that's that's what happened. Is it happened overnight? It took them a little, a little bit to get to it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that's terrible. But you know, it's funny because it the, the rules are so different here. You're in construction, you know mm-hmm. the the rules for how how deep you bury pipes here is like what I don't know. You can bury pipes a foot deep and yeah. you're fine here. Yeah. Well, like up in Maine, I think the you got to bury them like 36 inches deep or deeper. Yeah, you have. I mean, even the footings there. I it's I saw these in your this in your notes. I've got some friends that live down in Mexico Beach now. Uh, some friends of my in laws, and he is from Maine. And yeah. He's pretty handy, and when he so when he went to Mexico Beach, he was going to build his own house. Well, he had the contractor come out the grading contractor that was going to dig his footing and um 
you know, the guy started to dig the ditch and, you know, went 12 inches down like you normally do and started pulling it back to clean up the ditch. And, and, the, <laughs> and David said, no, you keep going down. And so the guy said, okay. So he went down. He dug his footings 36 inches deep. Oh, wow. And the building inspector came to inspect him and he was like, man, you're really going overboard on these footings. And he's like, what? It's not code here? <laughs> The guy said, no, it's oh, not wow. code. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's So just, you're just, right. I mean, you got to get, they call it the frost line. You got to yeah. get below that frost line. Right. So, and what happens is people up north, they think we're crazy here when things go wrong right. in the wintertime, and they don't realize that we're not built for the, the, the things that they're built for up mm-hmm. there, you know? And so when things shut down down here, well, it's because we're not, we, we, we can't handle those things because the stuff's not built that way or we don't do things that way or we don't have snow plows, you right. know? So, yeah, hmm. it's, it's different. Well, last week we had a Facebook post from Adrian Parker that I wanted to talk about. She said, I just got out of my doctor's appointment for my foot. She does not think it's Morton's neuroma, but that, but that I don't have enough padding on my foot. I am awaiting an x-ray to rule out fractures and such. I also got a referral to an orthopedist to have inserts made for my shoes, which is scheduled on the morning of the 15th. She also gave me a referral for a physical therapist that deals with running runners to help me with my horrible running form so I won't injure myself. In the meantime, I was told to just walk. The reason why I bring this post up is because so often we go to a doctor and the first thing the doctor says is, well, I'm not sure what's wrong with you, but just stop running for two weeks and come back to me in two weeks. We'll check it out. And yeah, will that work? Yeah, sometimes, a lot of times it'll work. But the truth is, is she can still do stuff. It's not necessary. Yeah. yeah. It's the pounding that's that's hurting her, her foot. And so, you know, being able to, to keep going um, and run a little bit or excuse me, walk a little bit is, is good. And it's good that they gave her that instruction. Mm -hmm. The other thing here too, is the, um, uh, the, the physical therapist idea, you know, physical therapist can do more for you than a doctor can. I'm convinced Mm -hmm. if I had a choice on who I could go see from, for injuries and stuff, I'd rather go see a physical therapist than a doctor most times because they do it. They do such a good job. Um, so why do you think that is? I've thought about that before with, is that something that's taught or is that a is that a liability thing? They just you know, they're trying to I, I and the reason I bring this up, I heard um a, a doctor friend of mine. Um actually I was talking to her husband um a few weeks ago and, and they were talking about we were talking about a lady in our church that um is about to go through chemotherapy and they were talking about how bad this chemotherapy was going to be, and everybody's kind of praying for her. And and but I was talking to my uh, my buddy, who his wife is a is a doctor, and he said, "Yeah, I was I was talking to my wife the other day, and she said that a lot of um, cancer doctors, um, what do they call those oncologists, mm-hmm. are 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 doing too much in the realm of chemotherapy." to kind of cover themselves. Yeah. So they're they're doing extra chemotherapy because they're just trying to cover themselves when in reality they could, you know, tone it back just a little bit. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it seems to kind of be a trend. I mean, because like you go to the doctor and it's something that you could walk or maybe jog easy and they tell you just to stop. Now, not all of them are like that. We, I mean, we know orthopedics 
in the same firm here in Dalton mm -hmm. that one of the doctors will tell you is very pro-exercise and one of them is very anti-exercise. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we've talked about it before. If if something doesn't feel right when when a doctor tells you or, or, or they can't articulate why, yeah, because they should be able to articulate mm -hmm. why they're telling you what they're telling you because they need to be teaching you as much as they are prescribing you. Yeah. They need to teach you why it is they're telling you what – there's nothing wrong with getting a second opinion. For sure. And and if a doctor seems a little upset that you're going to get a second opinion, that's probably all the more reason that you need to get a second opinion. That's true. Um, it's, a, it's a good point. So, but we, we deal with this a lot. You know, people say, my doctor said I can't do this. And – but you need to have a good reason why. Yeah, yeah. Don't get me. Don't get us wrong. No, no. We 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 think you should go to the doctor. You, if you got a problem, please go to the doctor. Right. Mm -hmm. um, it's just which doctor you use. And I think a lot of it comes down to a doctor knows that if you quit using something, and it's a soft tissue thing, it's probably just going to get better on its own. And so their goal is just to get you better. Sure. You know, it's sort of like when the pandemic hit. You had you had people. We did some things that probably were a bad idea, but it's because the people who were making that decision that they were only focused on one little piece sure. of the picture instead of the whole thing. And I think that's what it comes down to with doctors. Right. And so, and then I think some doctors too. <laughs> I think some doctors think I'll give them an excuse not to not to have to run. <laughs> you yeah. know, and and that's so. A lot of times, I think if you'll push back on a doctor, mm -hmm. like if a doctor says I need, I want you to take two weeks off, if you'll say. Well, you know, what about if I walk? What if about if I walk? What if about if I ride a bike? Am I am I okay to do this or that? Can I run a little bit shorter? Sure. A lot of times the doctors will let you do that. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, don't be afraid to push back a little bit right. on those things. Trivia question from last week: Who is the fastest American marathoner, and why is he not the American record holder in the marathon? You brought up that if anybody has watched all of our videos, they know the answer to this question. Sure. And I was wondering, did we turn that interview into a podcast? I uh, can't remember if that's a podcast or not. That interview is not. We did do a podcast with him as an interview. No, maybe we did. Maybe we did. If we didn't, we should bring that as a as a bonus episode. Yeah. That, that is a... Yeah, I did was, learn a lot from him. Yeah. He, he's a fascinating guy. Of course, we haven't even said his name yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Hall. Um, good, good Christian guy. Um, great family. Um, he is the fastest American marathoner. He ran 204.58 at the Boston Marathon. And uh, but the problem is that the Boston Marathon course doesn't satisfy the drop and separation rules. Um, and what that means is. The, there's two rules, drop and separation. Mm -hmm. um, drop is a, a course is not allowed to lose so much um, elevation within like it's I don't remember what it is, but it's like, you know, 10 meters per kilometer or something mm -hmm. like that. There's a there's a certain amount that you're allowed to have it go downhill. And then you other than if you obviously and is that, that's a net drop, right? That's a net drop. So if, if a if a race starts and finishes at the same spot that rule's kind of out. That's right. You don't have yeah, to worry about yeah. that. And you also don't have to worry about the other one because the right. separation rule is yeah, that the, the the start and finish line have to be within a certain percentage of the total race distance together. In other words, if I we're running a 5K, the, the start and finish might have to be, I'm not sure exactly what the rule is, but let's say it's got to be within 300 meters. Of and that's other. just so you can't find a wind tunnel of a road. Right. And run 26 miles straight down that road. Right. Yeah. Because there and, are those roads out there where it's just 
a wind tunnel. Well, that's what happened in the Boston Marathon yeah. this particular year right. was that they got the what they call in Boston the wicked tailwind. Yeah. And um, they they all ran fast that day. As a matter of fact, he finished, I think he was fourth that day with that time. Um, and this was back in a, at a time when, you know, 204, this wasn't, that I mean, was the, the world record was 203. And, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, matter of fact, I think the winner ran under the world record time, but, but it, it didn't, didn't count, count as a world right. record either. So, the actual record for the for Americans is Khalid Kanuchi's two hundred five thirty eight. So, not too much slower than that, uh, and that's been around for a long time. Now, Ryan does have the American record for the half marathon still, mm-hmm. and that's fifty nine forty three. That's two minutes slower than the world record, and a lot of people look at that record as being soft, but. Um, I, you know what? I think people just have a short memory. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't like I don't like it when people throw those bombs like that. Yeah. It's a soft record. Well, then you go break yeah, it. Yeah, go do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, but, you know, it, ev- all the times have changed so much these days because of super shoes. You know, a, a good example is Ryan Hall. Back when he was won the NCAA 5K title, he ran 1322, which mm-hmm. was really fast at the time. Well, now if you run 1322 in the NCAA, you probably won't place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a different world because super shoes have just changed um, what a good time is these days. So especially for those elite guys. Yeah. So anyway, um, Ryan Hall's he's got some books out there. Go up and buy his books. Read them. He's got a book called Run the Mile You're In. I like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he also, if you're watching the Olympic trials marathon, I think Sarah is running and his wife, Sarah Hall, he coaches his wife, Sarah Hall, mm-hmm. who's 40 years old now yeah. and still doing still top of the great. world. Yeah. yeah. She's doing really well. And so she, you can root for her sure. in the Olympic trials marathon. Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. We're back. You know, we do this live thing every Thursday night. And if you're not tuning in for Thursday night, you need to check it out. Now, I have noticed that lately we have a lot more people watching Thursday night after Thursday night. And that's fine, too. Yeah. But if you want to interact and you want to ask a question or, you, you know, then then you want to be there live so you can ask those questions because we'll answer those questions right there. Um, but if not, you can always catch that up um, on the runforgod.com website. So let's talk about the the little the little change we made in the Thursday night live, the mm-hmm. platform. Yeah. Um so so you can still access it from the Run Club Facebook group, which we say is worth the worth the price of entry for Run Club just to be part mm-hmm. of that. We used to do it on the Facebook Run Club 
private closed group, which you're, if you're a member, you have access to. Um, but we had to change that, and we now broadcast from YouTube because Facebook made some changes, and it's just it's not as easy to do it on their platform anymore. So mm-hmm. if you if you've come on there and you've, you're trying to find it, look for a link now that links you over to uh, a YouTube link on Thursday nights, and we we send that out plenty early enough. It's in the email that goes out on Thursday afternoons. I think it's in the Monday morning email as as well. That's so right. Be looking for that. That was just a um, you know we're we're living in a world where technology constantly changes, and as soon yeah. as you get a good system going one of the big boys is going to change something. Yeah. And so that, that's what happened. That's the reason we made that change. It's just basically system yeah. reasons. And our plan going forward is to pin that to the top of the Facebook group page each week, go, each yeah. week going forward so that, uh, so you can find it pretty yeah. easy. Maybe once Facebook. we get this new app done that we've been talking about that, that won't be an issue anymore. Yeah, hopefully. We're, uh, we're, we're knee deep in building this new app and, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be incredible. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, talking about the super shoes we were talking about here a few minutes ago, you know, there's uh there are many of them out there now. This past uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was now, um, Nike, you know, has been the leader in super shoes. They came out with the first one, and um, well, I don't know if that's actually true. Adidas, Nike, kind of fought for who was first there, but um, the. Nike is the leader, not, notwithstanding that Adidas shoe that Tigas Decefa ran that 211 in. But Nike came out with this newest version of the Alpha Fly 3. It's sold out in two minutes. Two minutes. People, this is, these shoes are like $500 a pair, and they're selling them out in two minutes. That's great marketing. That's <laughs> incredible marketing. They probably made half as many as they needed to make. So they could have this stat out there. Oh, absolutely. They sold out in two minutes. You know it. They made a <laughs> They had 27 pair on the shelf, and they sold out in two minutes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now they're going to make 200,000 pairs and sell them at $500 a piece. That's right. That's right. And everybody's going to be back all the on that. I never fall for that. You ever fall for that? I never fall for I that. I never do. No, no. But some people in my life, <laughs> <laughs> she knows who she is. It's on sale. So if you could get a pair of super shoes for a normal price, would you buy some? No. No? You no, still wouldn't buy them? I, I don't need them. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, I mean, recovery, things like that, they talk about maybe, but I, I don't need, there is no need for the majority of the people to have a pair of those. Yeah. And pay that much. Now, if they were... The same price as the well, shoes that I'm wearing. That's what I'm buy. saying. Oh, let's yeah, say they were. Okay. Let's say they were 150 dollars yeah, instead of 500 dollars. I would, I would give them a shot. Yeah, yeah but there's yeah. no way I'm yeah. spending 500 dollars no. on a pair of running shoes. <laughs> totally, no agree. way. Totally agree. All right. Well, have you ever promised a loved one something and then had them pass away, and then you were determined to do that thing? Well, that's what this story is all about. This one comes from Christy Drew. It's called Running with the Angels. I'm writing to let you know I've just actually let me back up before I get started on this. This came to me as an email. Yeah, I was going to say, give it some context. She shared this email with me, and that's why it starts out the way that it does, because she sent me this email. And then I asked her, hey, will you write that as a story and kind of make it more of a story than than an email? And that's what she did. She left it a lot like the email. There's several stories that have started that way. They have. It's just an email. Yes, yes. And this one was just so good. I asked her, could she do that? And she 
she graciously did. So that's where this comes from. And that's why she starts it off this way. I am writing to let you know I've just completed the 10K program and I'm so happy. If you had asked me at the start of this if I thought I could run 6.2 miles, I'd have said I wasn't too sure. In fact, I had a lot of doubts in my ability to do this, but I committed to it anyway. I have run 5Ks for many years, but I run with some mini walking sprints throughout, so the idea of running longer distances seemed a bit foreign and just hard. But hard never stopped me before, so I started with the 5K program and found I really enjoyed it. I loved the physical book and found my time journaling to be really rewarding. I'm not sure I actually ever planned to keep going, though. I had never run anything longer than a 5K, and I wasn't sure it was something I had on my bucket list. But my father and I were talking one day over the summer about getting healthy and staying healthy. He had been battling some health issues, and I wanted him to know that I would take care of myself. A week before he passed away, I committed to him that I was going to train for and run my first half marathon in his honor. So I signed up for the half marathon in April and planned out my training so it would align appropriately. I started the 10K program 12 weeks ago and will and will roll into the half marathon training program next week. Now, if I'm honest, I started the 10K program wondering how I would ever run 6.2 miles. I struggled at times during runs, and I still walk for little sections. But I found that sticking with the program and pushing myself a little bit more each session helped me stay the course. I made a commitment, and I knew I would not back down from that. I do, however, remember feeling a bit discouraged when I heard people who were running straight through and at a pace much faster than me. But I kept reminding myself that I'm running my own race, focusing on sticking with it with the end goal in mind. Before I knew it, I made it past the four mile mark, which for me seemed to be a tough hurdle. Then all of a sudden, I was running up hills that I used to struggle walking up. And then I did it. I ran my first six mile run. Once I did that, I knew I could do it. So I kept up the program. The training program was so helpful, keeping me on track, motivating me and pushing me beyond what I thought was possible, but it wasn't without some tough runs. One morning, I was at the soccer fields where I often run the longer runs on a track that goes around the fields. It was early morning. It was a cool and little misty. I was really struggling with this longer run, feeling a bit discouraged and wondering if I could make the new distance. Just as I ran past this one empty bench, I could feel my father's presence like he was there to cheer me on. It was an overwhelming feeling. I started pushing myself a bit more and prayed for the strength to keep going. And I did. I kept running. I kept focused. Then I started seeing little hearts in everything, a heart-shaped cloud, a heart-shaped rock, a heart shape in the pavement. I knew my dad was there with me, and I knew my heavenly father was there too. I prayed for his strength and kept going. Since then, I have used many of my runs to pray and grow closer to God, challenging myself and believing that God would see me through the ups and downs. I started finding my running time to be a release. I pray, I listen to Christian music, and sometimes I just try to listen and hear what God might want to tell me. The growth I experienced through this 10K program wasn't just physical. 
It was a chance for me to reinvigorate my faith during some really difficult times. Achieving the milestones kept me focused, and the weekly podcast reminded me I wasn't alone in this. I'm excited to start the half marathon training program in a few days. Yes, it may feel a bit daunting, but I know with some hard work, determination, prayer, and belief, I'll be writing to you in a few months from now, sharing my first half marathon experience, running with the angels. <laughs> That's a great story, Christy. I, you know, I'm going to be looking for that next story. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, we, we say it. We've said it a million times. There's more than running going on here. There's very little running going on here. That's that's the means to this story. But, man, um, you know, I was – I mentioned before the podcast that I started a Bible study yesterday with some guys at my church. And I brought up something that that you and I question all the time of, you know, in training we get it. We get doing the hard things that equals a result, but sometimes we just can't connect the dots in our spiritual life that doing the hard things, it also equals a great result. Um, and I had a, Derek, one of the guys in my study, he said, you know, I wonder if it's just because, you know, with running, anything in our, our personal lives, there's something tangible at the end. Mm-hmm. But in our spiritual walk, there's not always something tangible and it's not always a reward in the sense that that we think of it because i mean let's be honest sometimes you you go all in for christ and and you get to the place where you think it's a reward and it could be another trial mm-hmm. and but we know that the reward is in heaven yeah but the things that we always compare it to, running and training and things like that, most often there's something tangible there. Not not necessarily something we can touch, but we can see a time yeah. or we can see a weight that we hit or all these other things. And that that's what keeps us going. And that's that can be what makes it a little bit harder on the spiritual side is because, you know, we want that spiritual high after doing that hard thing. And, and sometimes... That's just not the case. Yeah. Um, but when we do get those, when we do get those God winks, mm-hmm. we, we just know, we know it in our soul. Um, we need to use that to keep us going. Yeah. Just like she, you know, she, she uses her dad and she uses the love of Christ. She ran past that bench. And even though there was nobody sitting there in her head, that's what she used. That's right. To keep her going and who knows he might have been sitting there That's, amen yeah well and i love the way god used her dad yeah right i mean god god used her dad in his final days to encourage her mm-hmm. and gosh the way god orchestrates these things is so awesome mm-hmm. right and uh yeah we all need sometimes listening to god is not listening to god it's listening through somebody else uh and in this case um, she's she's reaping the rewards. I guarantee you, she feels better today than she's probably ever felt, mm-hmm. or at least in a long time. Sure. And uh, gosh, it, it's great. And of course, she mentions in here, you know, running helps us feel better. It's it's good for us physically, and that's why her dad wanted her to keep doing that. Mm-hmm. But it also helps us deal with things like this, like the sure. loss of a loved one. I mean, I well, I know for me, 
when when I'm worked up, fired up, upset, down, whatever it is, I want to go for a run. Or Debbie says, you need to go for yeah. a run. <laughs> yeah. That's usually how it happens in my house. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the time alone, whether you're running or you're walking or, or whatever you're doing, getting outside or, or getting, I mean, it can work on a treadmill. It's better outside, in my opinion. Um, but just getting out, it, there's something that happens. And I. Yeah. it's not something we really can explain. There may be something scientific there. I doubt it because I think it's a spiritual thing. Yeah. Uh, getting out, clearing your head, forcing yourself to do nothing. And like she said, she tries to listen for God. Yeah. Man, think about how much de- better our day would be if we just started it with trying to listen. Yeah. Because all we, usually our quiet time is us trying to talk. Yep. Us fitting everything in that we need to tell God. Yeah. And sometimes we don't need to tell God anything. We mm-hmm. just need to be quiet and listen. <laughs> Try to listen as she says it. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Because that's what I have to do when I do that. I have to I have to be intentional about it. Yeah. It doesn't just happen for me. That's, it doesn't just happen. That's right. My mouth starts moving. <laughs> and, I'm the same way. Same way. Yeah. Joshua one nine says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And I've had this particular scripture at the bottom of my emails for a long time. I think it goes back even back to when I was working in a corporate job. Um, I just love this verse. I like the main sentiment, you know, of the God being with us wherever we go. In other words, wherever we go, no matter where we go. You know, when when you're on a run, he's with you. When you're mm-hmm. whatever you're doing, when you have to stop in the woods in the middle of a run because you got to go to the bathroom, he's with you. <laughs> that may be a little too much, but the point is, is God is always with you. Well, I right? think it hits at the core of of what we all really want. It's having someone with us mm-hmm. when we do those hard or scary things. I mean, think think back to when you were a kid. I, I know this was the case when I was a kid. I would do almost anything. I was the daredevil. I was, I mean, I would do almost anything if somebody would do it with me. Yeah. And unfortunately, I had a cousin that often <laughs> would do it with me. And albeit much of that was not good, got us in trouble, got us hurt, all that. But it was having somebody with a, with me that gave me the comfort and the courage to do those things a lot of times. Well, I guess that's what, what what is being said here is we do have someone with us when when we see somebody over there that you know God is just convicting our hearts that we need to go talk to or we need to say something or we we need to step out he is with us just like my cousin was with me when we had the boneheaded ideas God is with us and doing the great things but they're they're daunting and they're scary and they're they're big things a lot of times but we have somebody in our corner. Yeah. When when we think nobody else is there, there's somebody there. Yeah. Well, that's a great sentiment. You know, the other thing about this is that he's he's reminding, right? God, God here is reminding. He's saying, have I not commanded you? In other words, I've told you this before, but let me tell you again, which is something I need. You know, I, I've got to be reminded. I got a text message this morning reminding <laughs> me about something I need to do. Um, as soon as we get through with this, because I wouldn't have remembered you it answered otherwise. that text message at four o'clock, by the way, too. You were up early. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, but in Christie's case, this is a great verse because she's just gone through the loss of her dad, which is really hard, mm-hmm. as you mentioned. Um, 
but at the same time, she has this pressure on herself that she's put on herself. She needs to do this hard thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so this is why she needs this reminder that God is always with her and, and to help her get through that, just as you described. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I don't know how many times we've talked about this verse, but it's been a number of times, probably more than any others. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that struck me this time was the word I. I can do all things. You know, we have to take action. You know, whenever um, Noah was building a big boat, he had to build it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't God. God could have just taken that thing out of just mm-hmm. plopped it right down on the ground for him. But the idea was he needed to do his part. Mm-hmm. You know, when Moses got to the Red Sea, you know, he was to hold up his staff mm-hmm. to part the waters. Well, God could have parted those waters without the staff with no problem, but he wants us to do things. And so I think that that idea of I can do all things, it's um, don't don't forget that we have to do something. Yeah. And, and some people will say, Dean, you're 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 kind of tiptoeing into legalism that it's works. And that's that's not what you're saying. It's no. obedience. Yep. Is what that is. Yep. We. Yep. You know, it. We do it because we want to please God, mm-hmm. because we love God, mm-hmm. not out of some duty, not out of some mandate. That I think that's that's what drives us as Christians. That's you know, it, we we don't sin as Christians. I'm trying to figure out how to get this out. We should be driven to do the things of God, to do what He asks us to do, to to do what Scripture says, out of love, not out of duty. We want to we want to do our best for Him, right? right. That's right. that's that's our, the whole the goal is we want to. You know, I've got this hundred miler coming up in May. You know what I could do is I could just do what I've always done, and just run my, you know, however many miles a week, and just. Sure. Let that come up on the calendar, and on that day, could I complete a hundred miles? Probably, mm-hmm. I'd probably get through, but I couldn't do my I couldn't do my best in mm-hmm. it. Um, that's going to require me to run a lot different between now and then, and I'm willing to put in my time to do that because I want to do well there. Sure. Well, that's how it works with all these things with God. Is we we want to do our best for Him, mm-hmm. and in order for us to do that, we, we have to be motivated to do it, not because we have to. Right but because we want to. Luke twenty two forty three. Now an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. You know, this is passages from when Jesus is in the garden praying for God to take away what he's about to have to go through, which mm-hmm. is a, a, a terribly hard thing. Um, and he's praying so hard that his sweat becomes like drops of blood. You know, his anxiety is so high at this point in time. And then an angel appears to him to help him. Um, you know, Jesus even needed help from time to time. I mean, if Jesus needs help from time to time, how much more? So why are we so reluctant to rely on God for help? A lot of times that's where we're, we're reluctant to go to, to God, right? Um, you know, I'm about to run this 100-mile race, and it, it's uh, – there's little convenience stores and places all along the way. I could just, you know, throw 
uh, $40 in my pocket and on the way, just stop at these real restaurants and places and have something to eat and drink. And there, there are no aid stations along mm-hmm. the way. Um, but I have a perfectly healthy, beautiful wife who is more than willing to go down there with me and to help me along through there. Us saying to God, I'm going to do this on my own is like me saying, I'm going to do the hundred miler on my own when I've got somebody who wants to help me. Mm-hmm. God wants to help us, but he also wants us to, to ask. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I go to my wife and I say, hey, will you help me through this? Before I ever sign up, I'm like, mm-hmm. will you do this for me? And of course she says yes. Sure. And God says yes. And God's ability to help us, um, you know, he says, my yoke is easy and burden is light. He says that because he wants to help us with whatever. And he's not a God that that makes it a habit of imposing his will on you. Yeah. We're 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 free to do what we want. And <laughs> unlike us many times, you know, we, we we're gonna put our two cents in. God doesn't always do that. Mm-hmm. He he wants us to come to him with childlike faith and ask. Mm-hmm. You know, when I was a kid, I would go to my dad and say, Dad, I I need Whatever. That's exactly how he wants us to approach him. Uh, and he's happy to help always. Now, is he going to give us what we want in every situation? <laughs> no. Did my dad give me what I wanted in every situation? No. It's the same relationship. And it was good for you that it he did. <laughs> right. Yes. What is that old Garth Brooks uh, proverb? Thank God for unanswered prayers. Yeah. He knows, yeah. Yeah. He knows best. <laughs> Here's a question. What are some things you do to overcome fear or doubt when you're training for your next race? For me, it's a plan. Yeah. Uh, You know this. Plans give me peace. Yeah. You know, it it doesn't matter if it's walking something or it's running something. Having a a plan that I can map out and see that if I do this, 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 and this, it's going to make me produce this result. That is... That 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 settles the fear down. Facts yeah. are your friends. Yeah, and it gives you some confidence. Yeah. You know, the other thing that we do is we go through. Uh, I've got this hundred miler coming up, like like uh, we've been talking about. Um, I'm going to do a whole bunch of long runs, mm-hmm. and those long runs are going to get me ready physically and mentally to go through the hard thing that's going to be race day, which is part of your plan. It's part of the plan. Exactly. I mean, people, we hear it all the time. People say, well, I could never run a marathon. Well, they've just never sat down and put pencil to paper. That's right. Because, I mean, for the couch to marathon, well, can you, can you run for 90 seconds? Well, yeah, I can do that. Well, then you can run a marathon. Yep. I mean, it really is, but it's, it's the plan that, that shows that, but people are so quick in so many areas of our lives, you know, we Mm -hmm. do this. So, well, I, I can't do that. Well, yeah, you can. You just. Sit down and think about it, write it out, and that'll give you comfort. The facts, again, are your friends. Yep, yep. Some of those journeys are long, but they're the, the long ones are the best ones, right? Sure. Yeah, we just went through that in a uh, Thursday night, yeah. this past Thursday, talking about that. Um, yeah, and, and I think that uh, the bottom line is we when we – execute these plans that we have is we're trying to put ourselves in situations that are similar right and so a lot of times we get upset when we think about um the 
we wonder why God puts us through things. Well, he puts us through things um, to get us ready for those hard things, Mm -hmm. right? And so when I'm overcoming the fear of that next race, what I'm doing is I'm putting myself in a position while I'm practicing to be ready for those conditions when they come. And um, so it's not, it it is the plan, the plan's important. And then executing Mm -hmm. that plan is, is important as well. It's, it's, It's for that reason that we tell people, you know, when it's raining outside, don't just be quick to go jump on the treadmill every time. Or when it's harsh weather or snow yeah. or because it's Good like point. we used to always tell our triathlon kids back in the day, they would excel in races where the conditions were harsh. Mm-hmm. I'll never forget one race in Richmond, Virginia, when it was just absolutely pouring down raining. One of Lane's best races when he was a kid. And it's because all these kids, they were just wiping out on the roads, on the bikes. Yep. They didn't train in that. Yep. But, I mean, prob- <laughs> we, I probably went a little too far. I let lightning get a little too close <laughs> in my past. But if it was raining, okay, yeah. it's raining. You said mm-hmm. you look at it as an opportunity. That's right. When conditions are harsh. That's right. And, man, if we can just, again, tie that to our, our spiritual walk and and – not that we're going to enjoy. Nobody enjoys harsh training. But if we can get ourselves to understand that, I get to go through this. Yeah. Whatever right. it is that God's throwing right. at you. Because in the, in the spectrum of, of our life, it's nothing. Yeah. It just is. It doesn't matter what it is you're going through. And I don't want to minimalize sicknesses and deaths and but in the in the spectrum of eternity it's like that i think i have i have a rope hanging around here somewhere i did the illustration that that francis chan has done before where he has this long white rope 100 Mm -hmm. foot rope and on the end of that rope is one inch of red tape Mm mm-hmm and he, he picks this rope up, and he, he lets this rope go all through the crowd. You know, people are holding part of this rope. It's just right for the crowd. And, and it, but he picks up the very end where it's red, and he starts, he starts in little bitty letters on that piece of tape. It's got, you were born here. You gave your life to Christ here. You became a father here. You became a grandparent here. And it's all on that little piece of red tape and he said you you know what this red tape represents Mm -hmm. he said this is your life and then that long piece of white rope that stretched all through the crowd he said that's eternity Mm -hmm. and so the things that we put so high that are so scary and we dread and it's all for what we're doing in eternity that's right it's 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 so insignificant yeah and so many times we have a a temporal mindset or a or a finite mindset. We went through that book here a while back when mm-hmm. we're living in infinity. That's right. Is is that the right word? Yeah. Infinite. Infinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. To infinity and beyond. Yeah. Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's sure. just it's it's if we can ever get that perspective. Yeah. Uh, man, what a game changer. Great illustration. Another question, how have you overcome the temptation to compare yourself and your running achievements to others? 
I think in my older age, I just don't care anymore. I don't care what <laughs> that, other people think of my running or walking. Yeah. And so that that has been liberating, I think. Yeah. I think you were with me. You you were with me back when I, I started to make that shift because, yeah. you know, I'm the run for God guy. Yeah. And I really yeah. struggled for, I don't know, six months with making this shit and i and at, at the time looking back it's god was bringing me to walking i have no doubt um but i f- it was liberating when i finally reached that point where i i don't care what other people think anymore. yeah i, I mean I, I do don't get me wrong but i i'm not comparing myself in that way anymore i know i compare myself in plenty other ways that is probably not of christ but in that way that's not a struggle for me anymore. Yeah. But it is for a lot of people. And that through prayer and asking God, God, take this away from me. Take that comparison away from me. He'll do it. Yeah. He will. Well, I want to say this about comparison. I, there are good comparisons too. There is. Yeah. And that's that's where we, a lot of times we think, well, we never want to compare ourselves to anybody else ever. Well, yeah, we do. Actually, the Bible tells us that we are to compare ourselves to, to Jesus to be more like him. But, um, you know, for me, as as a runner in in my what I do the the comparison to others motivates me sure because I want to be better because I and it, it does motivate me to want to beat that guy who lives out in California you know and um, now I realize that's not the case for everybody but your competition may be your neighbor mm-hmm. you know that and maybe the competition isn't you want to run faster but maybe the competition is you you want to be more consistent or right. but that competition is good sure. that that's a accountability a lot of times competition is and so uh, sometimes it's good to compare ourselves it can be so destructive it's, it's the so the motivation fast, behind it that's though. right yeah, yeah. mine exactly. was not good I, mine was mine was vanity i i think i should be doing this because of who i am and <laughs> that is such a wrong perspective i may be in a little bit a little bit too transparent here but that was so wrong yeah you know i need I need to run fast because I'm the run for God guy. Well, <laughs> God kicked that argument out from under me real quick <laughs> yeah. because it's so, it was about me. Yep. You know, if, if your motivation is, I, and, and this is exactly what you've done. You, you've, you've became faster and it's, it's given you a platform to use that for good. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the, it's always the motivation. It's yeah. always the motivation behind. It's the Why? Yeah. Why? Why are you thinking this way? Is it all about you, or is it is it about others and what you can do for Christ as a result? It can be the same. It can be the same thing. comparison. It can but, be the same yeah. comparison, but one's destructive. One is is yeah. edifying. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing, isn't it? Last question: How has God reminded you that He is with you in difficult times? For me, he does it in in subtle ways so often, and I don't know why this came to mind when this I saw this question. But I remember back when my mother had passed away, and it was a big, complicated thing. But we had a kind of a memorial service for her, and in that memorial service, I was gonna speak in that memorial service, and I just remember being so it was hard. It was just hard, and you anybody can imagine it. But um, but I was kind of almost in la la land, like. You know, like, I don't know how to even explain it, but it was going to be hard. And then in walks to the church, in walks the girls from my 
college cross country team. Well, I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about them at all as mm-hmm. far as showing up or anything. I hadn't invited them even, um, you know, not in a specific way. And, uh, and they came, the whole group all together came walking in and it just, it calmed me down so much mm-hmm. in that moment. And I don't even know why, but it did. And I think God just, he does stuff like this that a lot of times when I feel overwhelmed, he just puts this little thing in front of me that just calms me down. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to, to watch him work like that. I don't know. Have you had moments like that? Yeah, I think I've mentioned this before. For me, it's it's past experience. It's looking back. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. gosh, I'm in this I'm in this hard thing right now. And God, why do you have me here? Well, you don't have to look back very far to see mm-hmm. the last hard thing you were in and the valley you were in and the good that God brought out of it. And so that is that always comforts me yeah. um, because It's it's trying to connect those dots that doing the going through the hard things, going through that hard training run that he'll work out. Well, God bringing us through hard trials in our life is is really no different than that. He'll work out. Yeah, it's it's going to produce better things in your life. It's hard. It stinks while you're in it, um, and that's why it's always you know we you hear pastors talk about the windshield and the rearview mirror and those sermons, but. The right, that rearview mirror is there for a reason because mm. sometimes we do need to look back yep. at, at where God has brought us from and what he's brought us through because he may have you in the mud right now, um, but you can look back and see that you were once in the mud before. That's right. And he and, and you and you're thankful for you you say, I wouldn't change it for the world. Right. So why would now be any different? Why would the thing he's bringing you through now be any different than, but we do. We're like, oh, this is different. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. And it, sometimes it takes a friend or a family member to speak that truth. Mm-hmm. And it hurts, and you want to slap them. Yep. And you're, but they're right. Yeah. They're right. Yeah, absolutely. It is so hard to stay on track as a runner or a walker. The world also makes it difficult to stay on track spiritually, too. For pennies a day, Upward Sports Run for God Run Club can make both of these journeys more fun and much easier. Join the Run for God Run Club and get access to training plans, videos, and the best group of active Christians you will find anywhere. Go to runforgod.com and sign up today. All right, we're back. Let us talk about a constant fear for runners. What is the number one fear for runners? Well, for me, it's dogs. Um, And I think we have a perfect storm brewing. Uh, You know, these days, there are a lot more people running with their dogs. There's a lot of a lot more people bring their dogs to dog parks and other places uh, to to walk their dogs. Um, So there's a lot of people running and people in public kind of getting together more than it's ever probably ever been in in the past well recently in britain there was a lady that was attacked by a rottweiler boxer mix and was nearly killed while she was out for a run she was running on a path near a river and the dog just all of a sudden decided to attack and it grabbed her by the arm and it caused some pretty major injuries the only reason she's not dead today probably is because she figured out how to get away from the dog 
and she jumped in the river mm. to get away from the dog. And um, the poor lady won't even go run or walk now because she's been, she's, I mean, she's traumatized yeah. by it. Um, I saw a scary dog this weekend. I was out running on, uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the road, where the half marathon turnaround was when we had the Hopewell, Hopewell Road. I was out on Hopewell Road, and this dog, big, mean, wide dog, runs down this fence at me. And we got to the end of the fence, and he popped out onto the fence and came out. Is it the right road. there where the turnaround is? Yes. I know the dog. You know the dog about, I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. I think he's harmless, though. I think he is, but he doesn't look harmless. Yeah, that's the problem is you yeah. just don't know. That's right. And but here, I think he's actually uh, he's actually come all the way out of the road before, and is a lot of times they'll they'll come at you like teeth showing, and then they get to the edge of the road and their tail starts wagging. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Come on. Yeah, yeah. Well, this one, you know, this one. Here's the thing: is I had a friend of mine mm-hmm. who was bit by a dog one time, and it was a boxer. Boxers aren't generally super aggressive dogs, right. but. Um, I think the dog, I didn't even know if the dog was being aggressive more than it was just trying to play, but it bit him right on the rear end. And um, he knew the people who owned the dog. And of course, what are the people saying? They're saying, oh, he won't bite. He's fine. <laughs> That's what you hear every time, yeah. right? Is He's harmless. He won't bite. And I'm you. like, yeah, <laughs> he may be harmless and he may not bite. But to me, I don't know. And we know there's been a lot of times where somebody says, my dog won't bite. And then that dog bites. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, just if you have a dog, in my opinion, keep it. If right. you're out in public, keep it on a leash. Yeah. I know you think your dog is great, and I think my dog is great. Yeah. But I'm not going to – and, and she, my dog has never bit anybody. I don't believe that she ever would, but I would not take her out in public yeah. without a leash. Uh, now, as far dogs as – Because are inherently protective. That's yeah, why we love them. That's right. Because they're very protective. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so so be careful with those. That is one of the, the fringe benefits of running and cycling is you know the good dogs and you know the bad dogs That's in your right. town. That's right. Yeah, it's just like I knew the I know the dog you're talking about. Well, and, and I hadn't been on that road in a while. And I'll tell you how I finally got rid of the dog. He, he followed me for a little bit. I finally got, and I I don't know why I didn't do it right away. But this is the best way to get rid of dogs. I still to this day it is the best way to get rid of dogs. I'm going to share with you a secret. That is one of the best secrets you'll ever learn. Is but it's runner. not proven. Well, I guess not. We don't want somebody to do this. That's that true. They told yeah. me to do that. It doesn't happen. Didn't. It doesn't work a hundred percent of the time. <laughs> but I bet it works ninety five percent of yeah. the time. Okay. And here's what you do: act like you're picking up a rock and you're going to throw it at them. Yeah. You don't have to pick one up. Just act like you're picking one up, and you rear your hand back like you're going to throw it at them, and they will turn around and and run the other way. Yeah. Because they think you're going to throw something at them. See, I do, and I I've never been bit. And I've come across a lot of dogs. But you know what I typically do? I start whistling at them. Like, oh, yeah. come here, come here. Like, I want to pet them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, 90% of the times that tail start wagging. Yeah. I mean, I did it to a German Shepherd over where I run by my house. Yeah. I do a, there's a six mile loop there. And man, this dog, he's big. And yeah. he's sitting on the front porch of this house. And if anybody runs with me that part, I have to tell them. I promise you this dog is harmless <laughs> because he'll come just charging 90 miles an hour. He'll get close to the road and I'll start, you know, come here, boy. Yeah. Tail starts wagging. He comes up and lets you pet him. <laughs> but yeah. That's a good one, too. But it doesn't always work. So Right, right. So be careful. All right. It's a time for Dean's thoughts. That's a time when I share something I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Well, have you ever come to the point 
where you had to make a decision of faith. This one's called Red Sea Moments. When the Israelites were on the run from the Egyptians, there was a lot of anxiety, to say the least. To a much lesser degree, we can be anxious when we're out, when we are going to step into an arena we know very little about. If you've never run before, those first steps can be riddled with doubt and anxiety. If you've run in your past, but it has been a long time since you took a step, it can be a little scary. If you have always wanted to run a marathon, but have been too anxious to sign up, you understand. For me, I have signed up for a 100-mile race. It has been a bucket list item for me for a long time, so I'm super excited to take on the new challenge. But it wasn't easy to commit myself to doing it. We've all been there. There is something we, we have always wanted to do, but as soon as the opportunity to actually do it is standing in front of us, it's easy to freeze. The Israelites did not like being slaves in Egypt. We know the story. The reluctant leader, Moses, goes to Pharaoh 10 times before he decides to let them go. The Israelites were also reluctant to go, even though things had been really difficult for them. They were, after all, able to eat, which, last I checked, was pretty important. But they left under Moses' direction nonetheless. Then Pharaoh changes his mind, ostensibly because he realized he didn't know who was going to do all that work, and sends his army out to retrieve them. The heavily fortified army chases them out to the Red Sea where they had the Israelites captured, pinned against the banks of the sea. The Israelites are saying, see, we told you, Moses, we could have been just fine in Egypt serving them while we had three meals and a roof over our head. Instead, you've taken us out here to die. Moses tells them to hush. That's the southern interpretation. <laughs> and God is going to deliver them. God tells Moses, quit your talking, hold your staff up, and I will provide a way through the sea. He holds up the staff, uh, he holds the staff up, and the sea parts. We've all heard the story. But picture the high walls of water on both sides of the path as they peer down into the bottom of the Red Sea, an area that was just underwater just seconds ago. God had delivered almost. Again, get a picture of looking down into the bottom of what used to be the sea. Now think, what if you were asked to go first? Remember, they had been complaining to Moses. They were not in the risk-taking mood. Have you ever thought about who went first? It had to be someone with great faith. As I thought about having the opportunity to run that 100-miler, I was staring down into the bottom of the Red Sea. What if things don't go well? What if I don't finish? How painful will it be? Can I run for that long? I don't know the answers to any of those questions, but I do know that God will take care of me. Those questions fade into the distance when I think about what God can do through me. I'm convinced that God has me staring down into that 100-mile race, and he wants me to go do it no matter how scary it looks. But how about you? What is your Red Sea? Have you looked down and seen the water piled up on both sides and chickened out? For the Israelites, who were too, who were too scared to take that step, it is understandable. But when someone took that step and climbed down onto the path between the waters, they had faith that God would hold the waters back. And if he didn't, he had something even more spectacular planned. Have you put off running a marathon even though it's on your bucket list? Maybe you're waiting for the right time. 
I could have waited another year or two before I decided to check off the 100 miler from my bucket list. After all, I've been dealing with some issues on my left side that have been pretty intense at times. We're going through this merger with Upward, and that means I'm not sure exactly what I'll be doing in May this year. I could wait until things are more stable. I could wait until my hip feels better. Or I could look down into the bottom of the Red Sea and take a chance because I know the creator of the universe is there to help me no matter where I go. If I don't reach the finish line, he'll find some other way to make things work out for good for me because I love him. And he told me he would. It's hmm. a great story, Dean. This story reminds me of the story of Charles Blondin. Have you ever heard that story? Charles Blondin was a tightrope walker. Way back in 1859, he was the first guy to walk across Niagara Falls on a tightrope. Um, and he did it several times over that year. Well, at one point, I mean, he just became a legend, right? And people with thousands and thousands of people would show up to watch him. And people would bet on whether or not he would make it or not. <laughs> That's so morbid. So one day he walks across this tightrope backwards. <clears throat> And then he pushes a wheelbarrow back across. And so he, he's a big showman. He gets in front of the crowd and he says, okay, how many of you think I can walk across there again? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we know you can, Blondin. And then he says, well, how many of you think I can walk across with this wheelbarrow again? And they're like, yeah, yeah, well, you can do it, Blondin. He says, how many of you think I can do it with someone in the wheelbarrow? And they're like, you're the man, Blondin. We know you can do that. He says, okay, I need a volunteer. <laughs> Dead silence, right? <laughs> because the truth is the difference between faith and saying we have faith are two completely different things. Yeah, when, when you started saying that, it's kind of where that, you know, I, I made the quote years ago, true boldness is putting your faith into action. When the only thing you have to fall back on is what you claim to put your faith in. And I was using the example of the tightrope marker, the, the modern-day tightrope walker. What is his name? Walenda? No. Is it Nick? Nick Walenda? Yeah. 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 You know, a lot of people have walked across, you know, these high things, but they've always got the net. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not boldness. True boldness is what this guy did, what Walenda did. They had faith in their ability. Mm-hmm. And true boldness was going out there on that tightrope when the only thing they had to fall back on was their ability. That's boldness. Yeah. But so many times we want to do things for Christ, but we want an escape route or we want a net or we, and that's not what, that's not what God calls us to do. Mm -hmm. God will often call us to do things that will utterly fail if he doesn't show up. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what you're hitting on here. That's, that's those are the scariest moments, but yeah. they're also the moments of the greatest reward. They are, they are, and we've seen it. We've seen it right in the, in sure. the couch to marathon. We've seen so many people yeah. who are like, "There's no way I can do that." Yeah, and then they do it. And you hear them say in the beginning, "The only way I'm going to do this is if God gets me through it." Well, yep. guess what? Yes, <laughs> He's happy to oblige. That's right. And there were some hard times in the in the interim too, sure. between that start and finish line. There's a lot of hard times in there. Yeah. Totally worth it every time. You know, I've said for years again, like I said in the story, I wanted to, I, I've been wanting to do this mm -hmm. 100 mile race for a long time. And actually, I wanted to do this one in particular. And um, when it came time to sign up, though, it was really hard. <laughs> it was really hard to go ahead and do it. Yeah. Um, but I really, I looked back and I thought, okay, I think that if, if God, if God puts something on our heart 
to want to do something or we feel like we want to do something and then we say okay we're gonna i'm gonna sign up for this thing if god doesn't put put up a stop sign i feel like that's god saying go ahead and do it Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um i don't think god is telling me you need to go out there and run a hundred miler but i think i think he's wanting me to do it because i want to do it you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and i think he's he wants to support me for doing that and so um the, the thing about this is if you've ever had a bucket list thing you wanted to do but you've never done it is it because you're afraid to get in that wheelbarrow Mm. you know that that uh blondin is pushing across that that tightrope you know sometimes we just need to get out there and we just need to go do it a lot of times god's asking for the volunteer that's right that's right and we say you're the man god that's right (laughs) but sometimes we got to get in that wheelbarrow that's right. Oof. That'll preach. <laughs> there is no better way to start the day than in the Word. Our Bible in a Year Challenge is a great way to start the day in the Word as I read through the entire Bible in 365 episodes. I also share running and walking tips each day as well as encouraging quotes. Choose the self-paced challenge so that you can go at your pace. You must be a Run Club member for access to this exciting challenge. So, if you're not a member, sign up today and get started. If you are a member, what are you waiting for? Well, every week I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome and this week well, it's good creative time, right? I don't know how many problems I have solved while out Absolutely, on a run. Yeah. I mean, you just you're, you're trying to figure something out and you can't figure it out, and um, <laughs> that train is just going bonkers. If oh, is it, that the train? Yeah, it's a train. They're they're working on the train tracks up here. For those of you listening, we you know we podcast right here in downtown Cahutta, and we're right beside a a train crossing. Well, for several weeks now, they've been working on the train tracks, and this, I guess this conductor's loving the horn this morning. Yeah, well, I thought i thought it was a car. That sounded more like a car. It was weird. Anyway, yeah, creative time. Sure. You, you, anytime you've got any kind of a, a problem and you just reach that point of, I don't know what to do. I, I've been in the middle of, I can't, I've done this several times. I'm writing a story, and I get stuck. Mm-hmm. I just can't, and you just sit there at, for, for an hour trying to figure out and you keep you type in and you erase and you type in and you erase and i go for a run i come back finish that thing up well, i don't no i deal. don't i don't come back and do it usually i pull out my phone this is why i've i've learned to text myself do you ever text yourself because mm-hmm. it's you know it's right there on top when you get back but mm-hmm. i'll send a text to myself the only problem is i don't know if your phone's like mine but i have to send it and then get out of the text app or else It'll, it'll read it, you know. Oh. <laughs> so I have to text and get out real fast. And sometimes I'll, I won't get out fast enough and it'll show red and I'll have to do it again. And anyway. I usually set a reminder. I'll set a reminder. You have a me. lot of reminders. I know. Well, that's you know, how I am. That's, that's what I do. I, set <laughs> I a get tickled. Because I set, we, we use iPhones for yeah. this podcast. Yeah. If people didn't know, they probably think we have these big, nice cameras. We don't. Yep. We have iPhones. <laughs> and I. When I'm setting your iPhone up, it'll say, feed the fish. Yeah. Like, you just have a reminder for everything. Yeah, yeah. That's that way I don't forget. 
<laughs> How did your fish survive before you had an iPhone? Because your fish is old, isn't it? How old is your fish? Yeah, yeah. I've got I've got two fish. That are, well, one one of my fish is over twenty years old. So how did you do it before the iPhone? Um, it used to be our our tank used to be in our bedroom, mm. and so I I saw it every day. Now it's in the basement. Now it's in the basement. Yeah. And so yeah. Mm. Hmm. Well, how about a trivia question for this week? This question might require a little bit of digging this time. You know, we used to hear about the lactic acid in our legs when I was young. I remember that was the thing that made us sore, right? Um, But they have found out that it's not lactic acid that makes you sore. The question is, what makes you sore the next day after you've run? Mm. And if you know the answer to that question, even if you've got an inkling of what the answer to that question is, send it to dean at runforgod.com. And the first person with the correct answer we'll get $20 off in the Run for God store. That's a good one, Dean. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I thought that would be cool. Well, let me leave you with this motivational thought of the week. It comes from Mark Twain, who had lots of good, interesting quotes. He said, 20 years from now, you will be more disappointed in the things that you didn't do than by the things you did do. So many times we don't do that thing because we're afraid to get out there and do it, but then you wonder what if what if mm. i would have sure right don't wonder what if you want to run a marathon sign up for the couch the marathon program and get started mm-hmm. and let's do it yeah and and if you're out there listening and you're thinking well i've already missed the start of the couch to marathon all of our training programs you can also do on demand you can you can start april 10th and start the couch to marathon challenge it doesn't have to be when we started in January. You can yep. start these challenges at any time. We don't well, talk about that very much, but all of our challenges you can do that with. That's right. That's right. And if you're if you're at this time of year and you haven't started yet and you're thinking, well, they've already started. Well, um, if, if you already run a little bit, then you can start right oh, now. Oh, sure. You can no catch problem. up easy. Yeah, yeah, you catch up easy. Yeah. All right. Until next week, may God bless every step of every run and or walk. Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.